It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Friday, September 7th. And today we're going to be talking to Terry Mills on the show, the great T Mills, three Mills. This is your boy, Matt Shook, a sports writer here in the Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Thanks for the listen, and please subscribe to the show on wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know if you can't find us on all the places wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Spotify, everywhere you can find any podcast. Today, we're going to be talking more about Grant Hill. It is Grant Hill week, by the way. Uh, talking about Grant with his teammate Terry Mills, the former Michigan great and also two-time Detroit Pistons player, had two stints in Auburn Hills. We'll be giving the rundown about T. Mills, who became three Mills, and some things that you may have forgotten or maybe never known about his career. We're also going to then talk to Terry about Grant Hill his own and his own career, Terry's own career, and if he thinks Andre Drummond can knock down some threes like Terry did as his professional career developed, and also what T. Mills thinks about John Beeline and the Wolverines this season. He does radio there for the Michigan Broadcast Network. Uh, we'll also be talking about who the next Pistons Hall of Famer should be, but go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account as well. The big news in Detroit on Thursday, Rod and Mario. Are you kidding me? Rod and Mario getting into a fight after uh, after the game on Tuesday night in Chicago. There's too many jokes that uh, I can't really think of any good ones, so I'm not even going to try. Rod, the king of summer, just had it and goes after Mario. What is going on? The most exciting piece of news in Detroit sports in years. Just incredible. But in less scandalous news, Grant Hill headed to the Basketball Hall of Fame tonight in Springfield, Massachusetts. The festivities begin at 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. Grant going in with Ray Allen, Maurice Cheeks, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Charlie Scott. Those are the NBA players going in. Some contributors such as Rod Thorne, who ran the Nets for a long time. I wonder if uh, Rod actually traded for Terry Mills when he was with the Nets. And WNBA players such as Katie Smith and Tina Thompson going in as well. We are continuing Grant Hill Week here, talking a little bit later on to one of his former teammates in Terry Mills, a little about T. Mills, three Mills before he comes on and joins us today. Mr. Basketball in 1986 out of Romulus High School. Now, this is according to Terry's Wikipedia page. Bob Gibbons, who used to be a recruiting analyst before the days that there were a lot of recruiting analysts, probably one of the only ones back then, he had Terry as the number two player out of high school nationally that year behind the immortal J.R. Reed. Now, I was on a little bit of a Wikipedia wormhole here, so that took me to J.R. Reed's Wikipedia page. I don't know why I love the Wikipedia so much today, but like I said, went on the wormhole. 
And I'm not even going to verify this next entry, uh, whether it's fact or not, because it's too good. And I just want to always believe that this these facts about J.R. Reed are true. So here's from quote, quote for quote from J.R. Reed's Wikipedia page. After being drafted by the Charlotte Hornets in the first round, fifth overall of the 1989 NBA draft, Reed started High Top Fade Records, a hip-hop record company based in his hometown of Virginia Beach. High Top Fade Records was instrumental in launching careers of Blackstreet and the Neptunes. A long-standing feud started between Reed and fellow Virginia Beach producer Teddy Riley over royalty rights to the group Blackstreet. In February 1996, in a New York City club, after a reported argument with Riley over Blackstreet royalties, Reed was allegedly held down by Bobby Brown and Keith Sweat while Big Daddy Kane shaved the top of Reed's high top fade. The next day, February 25th, 1996, in a game against the Phoenix Suns, this is the very next day, none, none other than A.C. Green mentioned the incident at the New York City club before Reed hit him with a vicious right elbow in the mouth during the fourth quarter of the game, knocking out two of Green's teeth. End quote. Now, anytime I come across a Wikipedia entry that includes J.R. Reed, Blackstreet, the Neptunes, Teddy Riley, of course, who is a member of Blackstreet as far as I know, um, Bobby Brown, Keith Sweat, Big Daddy Kane, and A.C. Green, anytime that those are in the same Wikipedia entry, I just have like a longstanding rule that I'm going to read it on the air here on the long the Lockdown Pistons podcast. If anyone was there, um, please give me a first-hand account. If anyone knows more about this incident, I'm going to go ahead and read some more. Maybe I'll just spend all weekend reading about the J.R. Reed High Top Fade Records incident with Blackstreet. So good. Just had to share it with you guys. Anyway, as I was saying about Terry Mills, a uh, great player out of high school, as he mentions in the interview a little bit later, John Long, the former UAD great, and another guy with a couple Pistons stints who had very good stats in his early career with the Detroit Pistons, by the way, before my time for sure. But he was his uncle. John Long is uh, Terry Mills's uncle, something that I'm sure I knew before but uh, had forgotten over the years. John is another guy, like I said, a legendary stats line, especially looking at the career totality. Played 13 seasons in part one of his career, then took five seasons off of NBA play, then came back for one more year at age 40, And I know we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit before. Age 40, came back and played 32 games with the Toronto Raptors. What in the hell is going on there with John Long coming back at age 40 to play 32 games? I mean, I get how, first of all, some guys make it to 40, but they're mostly big guys because you can kind of lumber around the league a little bit more when you're that age. Or if you're a perimeter guy who plays until he's 40 years old, you're probably pretty damn good. You're Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or something like that. Guys like John Long, very good NBA players. I'm not saying this to diss John Long, who was um, you know, a proud Detroiter, a Romulus actually, but uh UAD player, Piston, uh, you know, very good player for the Pistons as well. But a guy like that at the perimeter doesn't really um strike you as someone who might play until he's 40 years old, especially after being away from the NBA for five years. By the way, John Long's last season before his retirement, uh, he before his first retirement, he was on the Detroit Pistons and played against his nephew, Terry Mills, in one game. I'm going to take you back to that game. 1991, March 22nd, this is Terry Mills, his third team. He was on the New Jersey Nets during his rookie season, which is actually his third team by then. Pistons win the game 109-93. to This would have been at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Terry Mills comes off the bench, plays 13 minutes of action, 
scores five points and grabs four rebounds. His uncle, who he went up against in an NBA game, played off the bench for the Pistons, played six minutes, and uh, scored two points. Pistons get the win in that one. Fast forward now five years later when John Long makes his return with the Toronto Raptors. Um, they were playing again. Mills, Terry Mills, as I mentioned, was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, traded on August 1st before he ever played an NBA game to the Denver Nuggets. Then he played 17 games in Denver and was traded to the Nets on January 23rd in a three-team deal. Portland was in that deal too, and it was the one that got Drazen Petrovic traded to the New, Jer- New Jersey Nets. Petrovic then became a star in his final two and a half seasons before he died tragically in a car accident during the offseason that year. Now, another footnote about Terry Mills. He was also, in addition to being the nephew of John Long, he was cousins with Grant Long. Grant Long was not the son of John Long. He was also a nephew of John Long. But all three of those guys played at Romulus High School. Grant Long went on to play at Eastern Michigan. Uh, Long career in the NBA as well. Two seasons with the Pistons, including one season alongside his cousin, Terry Mills. And we know uh, Grant Long doing the studio show for the Pistons these days as well. Just incredible when you think about it that all those guys ended up with the Pistons at times throughout their career. All played at Metro Detroit high school or colleges, although they didn't play to at the same college. All three different ones, and uh, just incredible. Then, then moving on from the first, the time that John Long played on the same court as Terry Mills, later on when John Long made his his return at 40 years old. For the Toronto Raptors, he actually played in a game along for the Toronto Raptors against his two nephews, Grant Long and Terry Mills, who were cousins of each other. The first time that was a 98-92 to victory for the Pistons. Grant Long scored two points as a starter with the Grand Hill era. Terry Mills, 10 points off the bench there. And their uncle, 40-year-old John Long, played 15 minutes and had five points in that one. So the Pistons got the win. Terry Mills evened up the career series against his uncle with the victory there. He would take the lead in the career series later that year, January 4th, 1997, one of John Long's finally, his final games of his career. The Pistons get the win, 118-74 to against the Toronto Raptors. John Long played 31 minutes at the Palace of Auburn Hills as a 40-year-old, scored 12 points, 4 of 10 from the field off the bench. His nephew, Grant Long, uh, off the bench as well, 26 minutes, nine points right there. Terry Mills had five points in 15 minutes off the bench as well. Nephews and cousins and uncles playing each other in NBA games. And the Pistons won all three of those games. So as Pistons fans, I guess we are winners above all else in the Long Mills feud. But Terry Mills had a, or Terry Mills really good career with the Pistons, as we mentioned. Um, 17.3 points per game and 8.4 rebounds. A really good stat line there. One season, his second year with the Pistons, 93-94. That was the year that the Pistons went ahead and won only 20 games. It was the year that got them the third pick in the draft. That would end up being Grant Hill. Terry Mills, the second leading scorer on the Pistons that year, behind Joe Dumars, who led the way with 24, 20.4 points per game. T. Mills, 17.3 points, 8.4 rebounds. Just a great season. Um Outscoring Isaiah Thomas, who was in his last year with the Pistons, 14.8 points per game for Zeke before he uh, tore his Achilles, and that was it for the career of Isaiah Thomas. Um, And now, like we said, Terry Mills 
doing the color commentary on the Michigan broadcast with Matt Shepard on the radio. But I want I, you, I want you guys to give me a call. Uh, let me know if you have any reactions to any of my crazy uh, memories here of John Long returning. But more importantly, if you're watching Grant Hill's speech tonight in Springfield, Massachusetts, after you watch it, uh, let me know what you think. Give us a call at 810-666-1546. Again, that's 810-666. Vinnie Johnson, Joe Dumars, Terry Mills, 15. Four six. Leave a message, and maybe we'll play your response on the air. Also, send a text message, and we'll we'll talk about that on Monday as we give the reaction to Grant Hill's Hall of Fame speech here on the Locked On Business Podcast. We're going to talk to Terry Mills next, and he's going to tell us all about what it was like playing with Grant Hill. Up next here on the Locked On Pistons Podcast. Yes, sir. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now excited to be joined by Terry Mills, the former national champion with the Michigan Wolverines and player with the Detroit Pistons for six seasons in the 1990s, now a radio broadcaster for Michigan as well. Terry, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Now, first, Terry, I wanted to talk about one of your former Pistons teammates, Grant Hill, going to the Hall of Fame on Friday night. Uh, What was it like to have him be just a superstar for his time? with your uh, your teammate there, uh, number 33? Well, I mean, I think it's well overdue. You know, I think uh, Grant uh, had to overcome a lot uh, due to injuries, but, you know, I happened to be with the Detroit Pistons at the time when he came in as a freshman, and I can tell you what, you could see that his talent level was just a, a step above everyone else, and uh, I loved the way he approached the game, the way he worked at it, and uh like I say, he feared no one, you know, uh, no matter who we played during that time, Jordan was on top. And, you know, I've seen him face him, Scotty Pippen, and I'll tell you what, he, he never turned down, you know, and, and he never prepared any different from any other, other players out there. And like you mentioned, Terry, uh, you were with the team when Grant Hill came in as a rookie, and then you came back to the Pistons and played with, with Grant in his final season with the Pistons there. Uh, it seemed like he kind of hit an apex of his career at that point with scoring and rebounding and, and assists at a high level as well, but didn't seem to kind of get over the hump with that group. How would you characterize that last year that you and Grant both had as Pistons in 99-2000? Well, just like you said, I just I watched him, and I was a big part of watching him develop over the years. And I tell you what, that last year I was with him, I mean, it was just uh, unbelievable to see where he started from and where he was at that particular time. It's just the game had kind of slowed down for him. He could just, you know, see things. And, I mean, a triple-double was just coming natural to him and, uh, you know, not something that he was going out looking to do or trying to – you know, I need to get a triple-double triple this game. 
it was just ha- happen- happening naturally for him. And here talking to Terry Mills, former Detroit Piston and Michigan Wolverine as well. Terry, the, the first three-year stint that you had with uh, the Pistons, you had one season where you were up at 17 points and eight rebounds a game, playing at a near all-star level with the Pistons. What was it like uh, to, to grow up in Romulus and have all the success you had in Ann Arbor and then carry that over to your best years with the Pistons? What was it like playing near the hometown for your hometown teams and having the career that you did like that? Well, I'll tell you what, it was a dream for me to, to be able to have an opportunity to come back to play for the Detroit Pistons, especially, you know, growing up watching the Pistons with my uncle uh, John Long and going to a lot of games at the Silver Dome and then over at the Palace. So uh, being a, a Pistons fan all my life and then having the opportunity to play, um, you know, a lot of people always say that it's harder to play at home because of the distractions or whatever else uh, you might have. but I didn't seem to have that problem, you know, especially being up at the University of Michigan and playing at such a high level in college that, you know, I think that that prepared me for, you know, stepping in with the Detroit Pistons. Now, Terry, your career um, at Michigan, you were primarily pretty much always in the post and then with the New Jersey Nets early on in your career as well. But as you developed and became a more well-rounded player with the Pistons, you were known as Three Mills, the guy who knocked down a lot of three-point shots from the perimeter as well. Um, Andre Drummond with the Pistons this offseason, he's on Instagram showing how he's working on the three-pointers. As a big man who went through some of those transitions yourself, um, how does that work? Is this something that is is one off season? Is it many years that you put it put in put in the work so you were able to to be an NBA three point shooter? Or how did that process go? And uh, do you expect that Andre that that could be something he could do with the Pistons kind of going forward? Well, I think it's something you have to definitely work at, and it has to happen over over time. And you know, once you build up that confidence, you know, you look at me at the University of Michigan. I always tell people I was 0 for 4 from three-point line. You know, I, I never even, you know, barely took threes just in desperation situations at the University of Michigan. And all of a sudden, you know, like you said, primarily playing with my back to the basket first uh, few years in the NBA. And then Doug Collins stepped in, and he'd seen that potential that I had, being able to spread the floor, kind of help Grand Hill out and, not allow people to double team him. And he just said that, Hey, you can become a specialist for us. And, and if you have that shot and I've seen you knock it down time and time again in practice, Hey, feel free to take that shot. So as the confidence started to build as the years went on, me and Grant kind of developed a, a thing that they're probably doing right now with a lot of pick and roll situations. And it's kind of a, you know, pick your poison, you know, uh, if Terry picks and pop, do we switch? Do we cover? Uh, the big guy can't guard Grant, so it, it was a mismatch nightmare, you know, in, in other words. And, you know, I see Grant a lot on the road right now doing broadcasting, and him and I talk a whole lot, and he always just talk about, you know, just the old times and remembering the plays and remembering what we called them and things like that. So that, that meant a lot to me, and, and for us to be able to have those conversations let me know that, you know, I was kind of a big part or I left some type of impression on Grant, and, you know, it's a funny thing that, you know, he said that, hey, I'm getting ready. I said, congratulations, you're going into the Hall of Fame. And Grant said, yeah, when I get there, I'm going to say a couple words about you. I said, yeah, right. You know, so you won't you won't forget about me at all. I, I don't think you'll say anything about me, but good luck anyway. 
Well, we'll find out together on Friday night uh, about what the speech looks like. But uh, certainly from a Pistons fan myself who watched all those years, the fact that you were uh, kind of ahead of your time as a stretch four and were able to to clear the space uh, in the lane for Grant to do a lot of his work as he drove and also posted up from the small forward position as well. I'll say firsthand that uh, that you had a lot to do. The guys like you and Christian Leitner and other big men that were able to step out and uh, not only be effective from outside in your own ways and knocking down shots, but also be able to uh, stretch the floor for him and be able to let him do his work a little bit down there too. Yeah, you know, that that was like you just said, it was something, you know, uh, beyond time right now because that's what you have. You have guys stretch fours, stretching that floor out. And, you know, when I was started to do it, it was unheard of, you know, and uh, then you all of a sudden you have Rasheed Wallace step in and start doing it. And it was just a way of, you know, people stretching the floor out. And that's all that Witcher Name is doing right now with the Golden State Warriors. They're spreading that floor out, and uh, it's hard to defend them. Now, Terry Mills joining us here, uh, the former Michigan Wolverine and former Detroit Piston as well. During your Pistons time, do you have some go-to stories, whether it be about Grant Hill? You mentioned Doug Collins. When people uh, ask you for your best story with the the Pistons during your time there, is there something that, uh, that you can share with us here? Um, no, not really. You know, just like I said, you know, kind of, kind of with Grant, we always had a play that him and I ran together. It was called Michigan. And no matter what, when he got into late situations, he would always say, Hey, let's run Michigan. So very unselfish, you know, because in a lot of instances, you would want, you know, your superstar to take a, a winning shot. So a lot of those shots that I was hitting game winning shots. Grant was able to have that that uh, opportunity to say in a huddle, hey, let's run this play for Terry because he's more than capable of knocking it down. So I give him a lot of credit for that, that he believed in me, knew it, and said, hey, let's run Michigan, you know, no matter what we do. So that's probably my story that I would uh, probably stick to and uh, and always remember is that, you know, he would always call my number no matter what. And we remember a lot of those shots that you knocked down for the Pistons at the Palace of Auburn Hills. But you mentioned Michigan. Um, you're very close with the, the John Beeline's program these days as well. Team coming off of the uh, national championship uh, finals appearance there, losing Mo Wagner, losing losing Abdul Rahman as well. Matthews coming back, some touted freshmen. What do you what do you like about this group coming back in Ann Arbor this year? Well, you know what, it's it's a young team coming in, and uh, we all are aware of, you know, John Beeline's system is that, you know, his players get better over time. So I don't think that you'll be able to come in and judge this team on the first couple of games because um, he, he has a, a pattern that as the season goes on, his teams get better. And, you know, with this team having an opportunity to go over to Spain, I think that helps them you know, get some uh, individual bonding, some teammate bonding. So I expect this team to, to kind of grow as the season goes along. And Terry Mills, the, the the radio broadcaster for Michigan as well, former national championship champion with the Wolverines in 89-90 and a player with the Detroit Pistons for six seasons as well. Uh, find him on Twitter at Terry Mills and an underscore after that. W- what other things are you kind of involved in in the area these days besides the broadcasting? Uh, you're still around where you grew up, where you played professionally and collegiately. Uh, how else are you keeping busy or some other things that uh, um, you're involved in these days? Yeah, I just play in various, you know, charity golf outings and uh, things like that. I kind of link up with a lot of players. I just played in a Jalen Rose golf outing. Uh, try to stick with my nieces and nephews and watch them play throughout the summer, whether it's volleyball, uh, basketball, football. 
so that's some of the things that I'm, I'm kind of involved in. And during the season, I do the coaches show along with my partner, Matt Shepard, and, uh, you know, with Coach Beeline and Coach Barnes, Rico, the women's basketball coach at Michigan. So we're about to get warmed up here pretty soon. It'll, it'll get started here and next month. And I'll be attending a lot of practices, really trying to get to know these, uh, younger guys and what their tendencies and habits are and, uh, looking forward to the season. Well, Terry, we enjoy you on the broadcast, and we enjoyed your playing career uh, even more so. So thanks for the time here on Locked on Pistons, and uh, we'll talk to you again maybe hopefully uh, later on throughout the season. Well, thanks a lot. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And thanks again to Terry Mills for joining us here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Always good to get one of the great former players of the team, and we'll be hopefully reaching out to some more and getting some more of them on the podcast as time goes on here early September, looking at uh, training camp coming up later this month, and then uh, October goes, and it's season starting pretty soon. But let me know what you think about that interview. But I got another question for you guys with the Hall of Fame weekend coming up. Who is going to be the next Piston inducted into the Hall of Fame? We know that Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace were all on the consideration list for this year and did not make it. In addition to Chris Weber, former Piston right there as well, you can throw Rasheed Wallace into that mix too. So Sheed, so uh, Rip, so Chauncey, so Ben, so Chris Weber. Who is the next Detroit Pistons player to make the Hall of Fame? Uh, check out Zach Lowe's podcast on uh, recommendation from uh, Breeshan Miller, our uh, our uh, buddy who listens out in Philadelphia, a listener to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, our friend Breeshan out there. He uh, recommended to listen to Zach Lowe's podcast. He had Howard Beck of Bleacher Report on there. Those guys talked for about 10, 15 minutes about the going-to-work Pistons and who would get in. I believe Zach said that it would be Chauncey, and uh, Howard said that it would be Ben Wallace as far as those next Pistons to go in. Although you can make a good case for Chris Weber, too, with what he did with Sacramento and the University of Michigan as well. But let me know what you think. Get us in touch with us on our new Google Google, Google Voice line, 810-666-1546. You can call and leave a voicemail, or you can just text that number, 810-666, Vinnie Johnson, Joe Dumars, Terry Mills. So 15. 46. So let us know about that, or you can reach out to me on Twitter. Let me know who's going to be the next Detroit Pistons Hall of Famer. Give us a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. 
Also, the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. Just a reminder, it's the weekend coming up, so go to Detroit Sports Collectibles, the store in Clawson that we've been telling you about. Hats, Made in Detroit shirts, the golf simulator, the all-sports simulator, football figurines, music posters, the lamb beer and Mahorn poster from the Bad Boys days, all the beer hats, just great stuff that you didn't know you needed, but you definitely do. DetroitCollectibles.net, you can order online there, or you can get in touch with Jim and Ann to set up an appointment during the week to meet them up there after 5 o'clock. Phone number there is 844-238-6277, or you can head up there this weekend. The store will be open at 661 South Main Street, just south of 14 Mile in Clawson. Jim and Ann of Detroit Sports Collectibles, they will be up there today, Friday, from 10 to 5, and also 10 to 3, uh, maybe about 5 o'clock actually, 10 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday as well. Go ahead and check them out there in Clawson. But this has been your host, Matt Shook. I'm going up to Central Michigan this weekend to see the Chippewas take on Kansas for working it for the Associated Press. So check me out on uh, social media as I update those games. And uh, enjoy your weekend, everyone. And thanks for listening to the Locked on Pistons podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.